Well, as we continue to worship, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. We're going to find ourselves in many different passages this morning. Um, but as you turn to our first passage, let us turn to the Lord one more time in a word of prayer as we declare our dependency on Him in all things, especially as we desire for Him to change us from the inside out. Let us pray together. Father, what a glorious thing it is for us to be able to sing that it is not us, but it is Christ through us. And so as we think about the ministries that we are desiring to uh, offer here at Berean Bible Fellowship Church, we believe and trust that it is the Spirit of Christ that will work in and through us as we seek to minister to those around us. And so, Father, would you do a great work this morning? Would you give us a foundation upon which we can lay all ministry, and that foundation is your word? Father, for you said that those who build on Christ build on a solid rock. And we trust and believe that Christ is revealed and his will and his heart for his people is revealed to us in your holy and inspired word. And so my prayer this morning is that your spirit might meet us here, that your spirit would impress upon us the truth of this word, that your spirit would stir us up to love and good works, that it would challenge us, that it would convict our hearts that our desire would be to serve you, but not only our desire, but that our strength to serve you and to serve one another would be found in Christ. For it is not through us, but through Christ in us. And so would you do this this morning, we pray. And it's in your name. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, today is a very exciting day here at Berean. Because today we are officially launching our fellowship ministry. Now, some of you might be asking yourself at this point, why fellowships? Why do we need a fellowship ministry here at Berean? And let me assure you that that is a perfectly legitimate question. And it is one that ought to have an answer to. One of the main things that we are striving for here at Berean is that we do everything with intentionality. Our desire is to be intentional with all of our ministries, whether it's our worship ministry on Sunday morning or our fellowship ministry throughout the week or our Sunday ministry, whatever it is, our desire is to have some intention and some purpose behind it. The first line of our vision statement, which you can find on the insert in your bulletin, is this. It says, our desire is that we would grow in our love for God and for one another and share his love with the world. Therefore, we must be intentional in all that we do for the glory of God. Now, in an attempt to be intentional in our life together, we have come up with our four commitments. We've introduced them to you several years ago, and we've been 
rolling out a plan to focus in and implement these four commitments. Call the first commitment is to love God more. You can see them here on the wall every Sunday morning as you come in. The second commitment is to love others better. The third is to invest in Christ's kingdom. And the fourth is to make disciples of all nations. Now, our first commitment is love God more. And we believe that the primary vehicle that we use for this commitment is our worship gathering. Everything we do when we gather to worship, we pray, would lead us into a deeper love for God. I trust that the songs that you have sung already has given you a deeper appreciation for and love for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so everything we do on Sunday morning, we desire to lead God's people in to a deeper love for God. Again, there are many ways that we can grow in our love for God. Personal Bible reading or devotion or scripture memory or meditation. All of these things are good things. But we as a church believe that we are responsible for the corporate worship of God's people, and our desire for that is that we would grow in our love for God. But that leads us then to our second commitment, love others better. And we believe that, much like our worship gathering, this fellowship ministry will be the primary vehicle for our commitment to love one another better. Why fellowships, you may be asking? Because we want to be intentional in all that we do. We want to be intentional in our love for and care for one another. And we believe as elders, as leaders in this church, that this fellowship ministry will assist us in doing so. Let us read together. Again, you can find it on the insert. Let us read together our statement on our desire to love others better. It says this, We believe that as we grow in our love for God, that will flow over into a love for God's people. Our desire is to be a demonstration of the head shepherd's love and care for his sheep and to be united in one spirit. Therefore, we sacrificially commit ourselves through covenantal church membership to the spiritual and physical well-being of one another. We long for the spiritual flourishing of our brothers and sisters in the gospel. And therefore, we will endeavor to connect with each other on a weekly and even daily basis to encourage, challenge, and stir one another up to love and good works and to, above all, point one another back to God's all-sufficient Savior and loving Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, I know that's a mouthful, and I would encourage you to take the bulletin home with you, read over that statement, meditate on that statement, seek to process that statement. What are we seeking to do when we desire to come together in order to love one another better. 
Well, this morning what I'd like to do is I'd like to condense that statement into four principles. Four principles, and for our benefit, they all begin with the letter C. Four principles. I know as a preacher, I'm supposed to come up with alliteration, and actually, to be honest with you, I didn't even have to do this, because as I read the statement, I realized we did it maybe unintentionally. No pun intended. But the four principles that we desire to govern our fellowship ministry are care, commit, connect, and challenge. These four principles, I pray, as we take a look at them this morning, are founded solely upon God's Word. And so each principle, my desire is to go to a certain text in order to support that principle as we think about our life together. So the first text I've already had you turn to, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, and the first principle is to care for one another. If you notice, I've given you the principle as well as a statement on what we are seeking to accomplish in this principle. Our fellowships are a way to intentionally care for one another. Part of the motivation behind our fellowship ministry is that we would have another venue where we are taking responsibility for one another. If you remember our definition of discipleship, it's each one of us assuming responsibility progress and joy in Christ. One way that we do that here at Brian is through our elder shepherding ministry. Each one of our elders is given a list which has now become their fellowship, and those individuals that elder is responsible for. We see this in passages like Acts chapter 20, verse 28. That says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy, Seer, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. We see it again in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, where Peter says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. And as clear and as impressive as these texts are, there are dozens of texts in Paul's epistles alone that command us that is the body of Christ, each individual member, to assume responsibility for the love and care of one another. You can see some of them in the insert bulletin there, the insert in your bulletin, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, says, Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse says, finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, 
Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And finally, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see, beloved, God has been so gracious to the church and he has given us so many measures for us to grow and thrive in our connection to Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest blessings, hear this, one of the greatest blessings that we have as believers in Christ is the fellowship of his body. Our fellowships are a way that we can be intentional about the love and care that we extend to one another. But there's a second principle I want us to see this morning, and you can find it in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So if you'd like, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. <clears throat> the second principle that we see here is that we are to commit. We are to commit. The commitment make to one another forms the structure of our fellowships. Let me say that one more time, just in case you missed it. Somehow the PowerPoint got up on the back screen there, gentlemen. Give them time to turn to that passage anyways. Probably just hit the hit the there the other way. There you go. Very good. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see the second principle, which is commit. Okay? This commitment, hear this, the commitment that we make to one another forms the structure of our fellowships. Now, this is an important principle and one that I think can tend to be misunderstood. The question that we have to ask ourselves as a church is this. What holds us together as a body of believers? What tool are we going to use in order to maintain our connection with one another? Now, the tool that most modern churches use is the church calendar. And so what they do is they schedule a bunch of events, and they expect that if you're going to stay connected to the church, you will attend those events. The problem with this way of staying connected is what happens when someone can't attend those events. Are they forgotten? Do they miss out on the true blessing of Christian fellowship? 
And I'm afraid that this is often the case. But if the church calendar isn't the way that we will, isn't the thing that we will use to keep us connected, then what will we use? Now, where do you think we could go in order to find such an organizing principle? Well, if you said the early church, chapter 2, you would be exactly right. Notice what we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that held the early church together. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Notice how Acts chapter 2, verse 42 describes the life of of the early church. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. The theological dictionary on the New Testament says this about that word devoted that we find in Acts 2.42. It says its basic meaning is to stay by, to persist at, or to remain with. The Greek word itself is a compound word that is made up of the word for strength and the preposition toward. And so its meaning is to give our strength toward a certain endeavor, which is why the word can be translated devoted here. If I were to translate Acts 2.42 literally, It would read like this, and they gave their strength to remain in the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. You see, the early church was committed. They were committed both to sound doctrine and to the fellowship of the saints. It was a priority in the life of the early church. Dare I say that the early church did not have any programs, no VBSs or Bible studies, just a profound commitment to doctrine, to each other, to breaking bread with one another, and to praying. Now, that's not to say that VBSs or Bible studies are bad, so don't hear me say that. But what I am saying is that VBSs and Bible studies are secondary. They serve or they can serve as tools that we can exercise our commitment to the Bible and to each other. But it is the people, it is the people that matter, not the events. The people in your fellowship should be your greatest concern, not the event. Let me say that again, just so we can impress it deep down in our minds and in our hearts. It is the people of our fellowship that should be our greatest concern. You see, because in these fellowships, our desire is to commit 
to be devoted to the care of the church, of the body of the church. Remember, people are our greatest responsibility. It is the commitment that you make to those in your fellowship that forms the backbone of your fellowship. It is the glue that holds the fellowship together. We are striving through this ministry to remain with and walk beside those who are in our fellowship. On the back shelf there, there's bookmarks that we made for each one of the fellowships. I'd encourage you to grab one. This is good because each morning I can pull it out, stick it in my Bible, wherever I'm reading, I can pull it out and I can just begin praying down the fellowship, praying for the people in my fellowship. You see, because this commitment to one another is a better structure than events, because you can take a commitment anywhere you go. When you're going to the grocery store, you can pray for your fellowship. When you're going on a picnic or a walk in the park, you can invite someone from your fellowship to join you. Sit down for devotions in the morning or in the evening. You can call people from fellowship. You can see how they are doing. You see, because beloved ministry does not have to be contained within the four walls of this church building. It was never intended to be contained here. It was intended to go out into our everyday lives where we work and we play. Notice how the early church functioned in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. So we read Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Just go down a couple verses. Notice how the commitment that the early church made to each other carried out into everyday life. Notice verse 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice, day by day, they were attending the temple together and breaking bread with each other in their homes. That is what we are striving for in this fellowship ministry. That we as a church would go back to first principles. That we would return to the way the early church functioned. That we would embrace a day-by-day approach to our connection with one another. And therefore, as we desire to see each one of us assume responsibility for another's joy and progress in Christ, and as we commit to that, we have divided this church up into smaller fellowships. 
so that you can be committed to a small group of people to pray for, to connect with. That's our third principle that we see here this morning. Not only are we to care for one another, not only are we to be committed to one another, but we are also to connect with one another. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. If you'd like to turn there, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 will be the text that we will be building this principle upon. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Now as we look at this third principle, we see that the gauge, if you're following along on the insert in your bulletin, the gauge of success for our fellowships is the connection we have with one another. If the goal of our fellowship ministry is to care for one another on a deeper, deeper level, and if that care is carried out in committed and sustained efforts to come alongside one another, then the success of our fellowship ministry will be the connection that we have with those inside of our fellowships. Our desire is to grow and our love for God and for others. And in order to do this, we have to be diligent in pursuing a spiritual connection with one another. The goal of this fellowship ministry, I cannot stress it enough, the goal of this fellowship ministry is that we would grow in our love for one another. This is an express command in 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at it with me in verse 8. It says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Notice the language from the Apostle Peter here in 1 Peter 4. He says, keep loving one another earnestly. The command that we find here is in the present tense, which means it has an ongoing effect and effort. And the word at the end there, earnestly, means to be marked with persistence. Beloved, we must maintain our ongoing effort to love one another with earnestness. This is not something that will come by accident. This is not describing a casual relationship. What Peter is describing here is hard work, but it's good work. And it's hard work because our sin natures have a tendency, as we see in verse 9, have a tendency to groan and complain about one another. You see, the old man that we still have but no longer are, that old man has a tendency 
to hold grudges and to harbor bitterness. But this is not the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ inside of us. Instead, the Spirit of Christ is calling us to connect with one another on a spiritual level. That we might know the struggles and temptations of our brothers and sisters. So that we might shoulder those burdens with them. So that we might pray with them. So that we might rejoice with them in their victories in Christ. Again, don't take my word for it. We see this life found all over the place in the New Testament. Notice Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 on the insert in your bulletin. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. You see, our desire is that we would be a demonstration of Jesus Christ, the head shepherd's love and care for the body. And Christ has promised that he will always be with us in the valley and on the mountaintop. And the fellowship ministry is our desire. It's a tool that we are using so that each one of us would begin to engage in this aspect of Christ's life in and through us. We are in this battle together. We are in the battle against temptation together. We are in the battle against the world and all of its evil principles together. My desire is that we would begin to look more like a great spiritual army charging spiritual battlefields and less like shoppers at Walmart consuming the latest spiritual trend. And I'm convinced that this will only take place if we commit to this kind of connection. It's going to take work. It's going to take diligence. But this is the kind of work that God has called us to. Is this level of connection going to happen overnight? It is not. It's going to take time. We need to be patient. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take commitment from each one of us to take on ourselves the members and people of our fellowship. But we as elders want us to move towards this kind of spiritual connection. And these fellowships are a tool that we are utilizing to get there. There's a fourth principle that I'd like to look at this morning in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, if you'd like to turn there, verse 24. 
We see that our desire is for these fellowships to be governed by care, by commitment, by connection, and finally, for, by challenge. By challenge. Every good disciple relationship includes both connection and challenge. For the last one, I want to read this principle in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, because you see, every good discipling relationship is not only committed to connecting with one another, but also calling each other away from the sins that so easily beset us and toward Jesus Christ as our all-sufficient Savior. Notice what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says. It says this, Let us consider how to stir one another. Notice this is another one another passage. Stir up one another to love good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, I don't have a lot of time to go into a full exposition of this verse, but I want to highlight one particular aspect of what we see here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And it's found in these two words, to stir one another up by encouraging one another. We as a church body need to consider how we might stir one another up to love and good works by encouraging one another. Both of these terms in this passage note a sustained involvement, involvement in one another's lives. And you see that there is a goal of our fellowship. And that goal is that we would love Christ more and that that love of Christ would then be displayed in our actions to those around us. And we do this by encouraging one another. The word for stir one another up is an interesting word. It's the word that is used in other places to connote, to provoke or exasperate or even irritate. We see it in Acts chapter 17, that word for stir up. As Paul is in Athens... Verse 16 says, Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked, same word, within him as he saw the city was full of idols. Now as I look at that word and the range of that word, my first question is why would the author of Hebrews use a word to provoke or irritate in this place when he's talking about the body of Christ? I don't imagine that his intention is to call us to irritate one another. Amen? The intent of the Spirit in this passage is that we would pull out the true feelings and emotions, that is, what's happening on the inside, 
or the spiritual life that is taking place on the inside by some external stimulation. When we look at Paul in Athens, as he saw the idols, it was the external idol that caused him on the inside to draw up strong aversion to their worship. In Hebrews chapter 10, here God is telling us that we need to stir up or provoke the Spirit of God, the seed of God that lives within each one of us. What we learn here of the Christian is that each one of us, if we have named the name of Christ, each one of us has this reality, this spiritual reality that lives within us. And if we are not careful and intentional, this reality can lie dormant and undisturbed. Our responsibility as fellow believers is to stir up this life that we have within us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says this, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Beloved, the seed of God's Spirit has been planted in the heart of each believer, and that seed needs to be cultivated. Our fellowship ministry is a way that we can begin to cultivate the Spirit of Christ within one another by, he says, encouraging one another or coming alongside one another and calling us to believe in the work that Christ has done in us. And so as we look at these two, our desire is that we would stir one another up, that we would cultivate the life of Christ, of those who are in our fellowships, by coming alongside of them, by calling them to belief, by embracing the Spirit of Christ that is working in and through each one of us. And brothers and sisters, that will only happen if we give ourselves over to this endeavor. We must be committed to the life of Christ. We must be committed to this aspect of challenging one another and calling one another to forsake our old man and to embrace the new man to believe what God is doing in us through the Spirit of Christ. And we believe that our fellowship ministry will be a tool that we can use to assume responsibility for one another's progress and joy in Christ by caring for one another, by committing to one another, by connecting to one another, and finally, by challenging one another to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust and pray that the Lord will bless our efforts in this ministry and that he will do only what he can do as we endeavor to come alongside one another in fellowship.
Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for your grace towards us. We're so thankful for these truths that we have looked at this morning. Father, as we think about the body of Christ, as we think about the intent of the body of Christ, as we think about the blessing of the body of Christ, the gift of the body of Christ, Father, my prayer this morning is that you would use this sermon even to stir up the life of Christ in each one of us. That each one of us this morning might set aside the things that would keep us from this kind of spiritual connection with one another. And that we would trust and believe that it is good and that you have ordained it for such a time as this. Father, there are a lot of things that are going on in our world around us. And we pray that you would use this local gathered body of believers in order to come alongside one another, to encourage one another, to challenge one another, and even to care for one another. We're so thankful that you are doing this work, and we pray this in your name. Amen.